to the podcast. This is a weekly podcast by Denver Transplants. I'm Andrew. And I'm Matt. And this is You Aren't From Here. Episode 28. Howdy, 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 howdy. Welcome back. Welcome back. Good to have you guys here. (laughs) Yeah, I hope you guys had a beautiful weekend because the weather was incredible and Wash Park looked like it was going to explode with how many people are out there playing volleyball and riding around. Super exciting. Yeah, dude. I got I got roasted. I got sun. We went to City Park, and dude, I, that's the thing is like I know I, I wasn't at Wash Park as a City Park since I lived by a City Park. City Park was popping, but like I mean, we had a ton of space out there. It's just like it, it seems like uh, you would, I would have expected City Park to be blowing up at, like Wash Park was, and it was. I mean, it was busy, but like I mean, we had we probably the nearest people were probably a couple hundred yards away from us. Like, yeah. It was, it was nice. So I would find, I do find like, I, I feel like Wash Park's definitely a lot more social. Yeah. The park and in most other parks in Denver, I, I think it's just where everybody goes. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. No, kind of a yeah. weird, it has its own like social situation. Like it's like the culture of each park is different, which is kind of interesting. So. Definitely. Definitely different cultures. So leading in this episode, this episode is going to be all about recycling. It's going to be our main topic with, Earth Day being last week, we thought, you know, Matt and I don't really know that much about how Denver deals with recycling trash compost. So we did some research and kind of found some interesting topics that we think you guys would find interesting and so that you can, you know, talk to your neighbor about their compost bin or whatever they're doing. You know, be a little bit smarter on it. That's right. We can be better. We can be better. So (laughs) we'll get to it. it. Yep. And then uh, things you need to know. In our intro section, uh, we I meant to bring this up last week, but we forgot to talk about it. Film on the Rocks is going to be starting for its 22nd season. Tickets went on sale Friday, April 16th. And based on my review, it looks like you can still buy tickets. To give you guys a little bit of details, this is at Red Rocks. It's located, they basically do a LED screen that's located in the lower south two parking lot. And then they deliver like the, the sound or the audio of the, whatever you're seeing in the FM radio frequency. So you can just watch it in your car <clears throat> and it costs about it's 5950 per car. Every single time they have it open the gates open at seven 30 and the film begins at eight 30. So not too bad of something to do on a weekday or a weekend. Some of the big ones that I saw that I thought would be fun ones are, May 30th, Beetlejuice. It's a Sunday. June 4th is a Friday. They're playing the Avengers. June 11th, it's a Friday, Black Panther. June 13th, that's a Sunday. They're playing GoldenEye, 007. June 19th, it's Saturday. They're doing Independence Day, so it kind of feels like an old, I feel like an old kind of drive-in. Independence Day is like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, I guess And then uh, June 18th is a Friday, and they're doing Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. So if you don't like any of those, I'm sorry, but there's some more online that you could find. And then if you don't like this, you got a bigger problem than <laughs> come on. I agree. Stay. And then they're starting, they're gonna do film on the rocks in the amphitheater, which is something they showed like a massive photo and it shows like the entire Red Rocks being full. I'd imagine due to COVID it'll be decreased. But on July, they only have three announced right now. July 12th is gonna be 007 Casino Royale, James Bond. July 19th will be Jurassic Park. And then August 2nd, they're going to do The Princess Bride. And it looks like for actual seats to those, 
tickets range from about $16 to 32. So, you know, if you, if you have a friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever you have that like any of those movies that we named, I think it'd be kind of a fun thing to do on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday night. There are some weekday ones, but those are just the main ones that I saw. For sure. Yeah. And Carly and I have tickets for, I think it's the Jurassic Park one. So we'll, uh, if you go, you'll see, you know, you can see Carly and me, we'll, you know, say hi, but I think that's the one we're, we're going to one of them because Carly, I've never been to Red Rocks and I know that's like, it blows everyone's mind, but like I got here and then COVID hit and it just wasn't good timing. And like, I mean, I can make all the excuses in the world, but still never been. So it was like, you know what, this would be an awesome experience. I know they're playing music again, but you know, everyone's so excited to get up there. It's hard to get tickets. So it's like, this will be just kind of a good, it's a good way to go see Red Rocks. I know most people here, probably everyone has been to Red Rocks at one, at some point, but a pretty good opportunity to get in there when you're not trying to, you know, fight people for tickets for the concerts upcoming and all that stuff. So. Yeah. And just as a reminder that the drive-in, the film on the rocks, most of the shows I mentioned were there you're actually watching in a park, parking lot, lot of the Red Rocks. So you don't can actually see Red right. Rocks, but I think it'll be a cool experience. Kind of feel like you're in an old drive-in. Yeah. If you, if you pay fifty nine fifty per car, supposedly I didn't see anything detail in this, but you get Coca-Cola, popcorn, and candy. So you're not just getting a, a movie ticket in a, in a spot in the parking lot. You're also getting some food and drinks on top of it. Well, yeah. And a popcorn already 20 bucks at the normal. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, I think you, you earn your money right there. So exactly. that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, leaning past the things you need to know, Matt, what did we learn this week? Yeah. So it is, we are officially in Denver street sweeping season. So this is as a resident of Denver, this is new to me. This was new to me. And it, I caught the tail end of this when we moved in last year. And you'll see these red and white signs at the end. And they're really annoying because like when you're going, if you're in like Lodo or you're in some of these really populated areas, you have to be watching these signs because a lot of them will say like no parking, all that stuff. And that's how I originally found them was I kept seeing these signs that said like no parking on, you know, April through November for certain dates. But it wasn't, I I kept thinking like, oh crap, it's no parking, but it's not no parking. It just has to do with street sweeping. And so that's kind of how I figured it out. And then in my neighborhood, as well as all the neighborhoods in Denver, there is a regulated every month day that you have to park on a different side or a different street or the other side of the street to to make room for the street sweepers. So wanted to talk a little bit about that. A lot of people probably know that, um, but it was one that, you know, if nothing more, if you already know that, then treat this as just your reminder because, you know, we've already passed the first, the first, the street sweep of the season. And in reading articles, there were over 1,300 tickets given this month because people forgot. So <laughs> take this. I mean, if you're one of the 1,300, you probably don't need a reminder from me. The ticket probably did the trick. But It's so frustrating. Ours is, I think mine is every third Tuesday. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's easy to remember. <laughs> yeah, mine's second Wednesday. So, so anyways, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just one of those things. So I want to tell you a little bit about that and how to be a little more efficient. There are cool, cool tricks and things you can do to help you kind of avoid those tickets. So in the first place, Denver street sweeping. So essentially it literally is what it, it sounds like. It's, it's, they, they sweep the streets, right? For dirt, 
debris, all that stuff. Because what ends up happening is that will either get caked on to the side. And then when we have a big storm, it will go into the water supply. So it'll go into the drains and get all nasty in there, as well as it's, you know, with all that dirt circulating and cars driving by, it gets in the air, it gets all nasty. So the street sweeping really helps not only the air, but really it mostly for the water because it, it keeps all that nasty grime and all that crap from getting into the sewer lines and getting into the water and all that stuff. So it's really for that. And, and this year specifically is super important because if you were around in Denver last year because of COVID, they actually delayed the street sweeping. They didn't do street sweeping, I think, for three months. So April, May, and June, they did none. And so all they came out with all these metrics of how much dirt they've collected. And in 2020, it was less than like half of 2019 and 2018. Like they didn't collect near as much because they weren't doing it because of COVID. So this year we bring that up because there's a lot more on the, on the streets because it wasn't as regular as, you know, a normal year. So it's a big deal this year and they're really trying to be pretty, anal about it because you know they they missed out on a lot of weird things cars were parked at home because people were at home so big big time this year and like i said you know it starts april through november and so that there are general rules that you have to follow in every no matter where you are in denver this the season is april through november so it started you know this month and will go all the way through november and you have every every neighborhood every street will be different you have to just look up. There's a couple ways you can figure it out. One, go look at those red and white signs on your street. If you can't find it, or for some reason someone's taken it down, or you you don't know, you can actually go onto the Denver government website and go and put in your address, and it will actually spit out specifically what days and times that your street sweeping will occur. Now, if you do get a fine. Your first fine, your, your fine will be $50. So it's a $50 ticket. And then if you don't pay it on time, it can jump to $100 if you don't pay it on time. So that's kind of what you're looking at. This is not a situation where, you know, it's like the, the open fire thing we talked about or uh, puffing. It is a lot more, there, there, it's a lot more regulated and there's no warnings. Like you you leave your car on the side of the street, you get a ticket. There is not, it's not a warning system. And then it's the second occurrence that you get it. So there's not a lot of leeway on this one. So this is one where it's very important to make sure that you are paying attention. And so yeah. again, just to, to, you know, be aware of, and, and the, the, the way I wanted to end this segment is you kind of know what it is, you know, you have to know when it occurs and what times you, you know, when you're, when you need to move your car. But if you're like me, you forget, you know, what you, what you had for lunch today. So it's like, you need that reminder. So the, the, the best thing and the best advice that I can give you in the best way that we can make sure that you don't get your car towed is you can actually download the city's mobile app, which is PocketGov, P-O-C-K-E-T-G-O-V. You can actually sign up through the app for text and email alerts and the city will actually send you specific texts like the night before that just says, hey, reminder, you have to move your car tomorrow and it will actually remind you via text. So you're not just having to remember it because all of our lives get so dang crazy that it's it's very hard to, to remember. And so 
I have mine yeah. set up on my emails, but that's just an easier way to do it. So thought that yeah. was interesting. I had no idea about the app, but it's a good way to keep from getting that $50 fine. Completely. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of comical when you see a day when a street has it and you look down the road, it's like, wow, the streets, this left side of the streets is wide open. And then you'll see like three or four cars and all three or four of them have tickets on them. You're like, oh, it's a reminder of this crappy day that I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, because I we, we park on the side of the street, obviously, where our house is on. So that's the only one I pay attention to. Across the street is the day before. And it's it was the exact same thing, dude. I walk because ours is a Wednesday. I walked out this month, you know, the second Tuesday. And I was like, that's so weird. I never see a whole side of the street empty. And I was like, oh, they must be on Tuesday. And it, it was. So it is weird. It's very hard to miss. Cause you're like, is there just a no parking zone here for some reason? And no, it's, it's street sweeping. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, and I would say they're quick. <laughs> it's, it's one of those where you'll see like five or six tickets in a row and, and when they first get it and then people start to figure it out. Right. Right. But. So, yeah. So just avoid it. Go, you know, if, if you're like me, I just have it set up on my email, uh, my work email for recurring, you know, recurring every second Tuesday of the month or second Wednesday. But I mean, th- this this pocket gov is a great idea because it it will shoot you a text, and we all look at our texts. If you say you don't, you're lying. So, <laughs> I think you know whether it's email or text, it will send you it the night before. It's going to be pretty hard to forget and ignore, you know, a text and an email the night before I move your car. So, something I thought was interesting. Didn't have any idea about that, but welcome to uh, street sweeping season. Here uh, we're in it. Yeah. So sweat with with that. What uh, what thing we try, what we what we try this week? Yeah. Uh, so Matt and I last week we talked about how we went to was it La Loteria? Is that right? Yep. La Mexican. Yeah. And yep. Uh, yeah, the taco place. And directly next door is called Piehole. It is a pizza place down on Forty Four South Broadway. So kind of that South Broadway area where, you know where like Canopy is and kind of like the Irish Rover down by Voodoo Donuts, those kind of places on South Broadway. Yep. So kind of right in the, all the mix of everything that's going on. So Matt and I, while we were actually waiting for La Loteria, we went to Pie Hole just because we had 45 minutes and we were starving. And it's a, what it looks like now is really their focus on, you know, takeout order pizzas and their pizzas are 19 inches. So they're massive. And then the other thing that they're really focused on is slices of pizza. So you can go in, it's open till they're open every day at 11 AM and on normal nights, they go until midnight. And then on Sundays or sorry, Sunday through Thursday, they're open until 2 AM, which is really late Friday and Saturday. They're open until 3 AM. So super late hours, obviously meant for drunk South Broadway people to come in, get a slice, try to sober up a little bit, and then catch an Uber to go home. So it was really cool. They have uh, Matt and I went and got a slice. They have a lot of very different kind of pizzas you can do, but they're all 19 inches. Um, so they have, you know, your standard pepperoni, your standard, you know, typical what you get at a pizza place. But what I found was interesting is they kind of had some weird ones. Like they had the bird dog. That's Alfredo sauce, chicken, bacon, roasted red peppers, roasted garlic, cilantro, and pepper jack cheese. That was a pretty interesting one. And then they also have 
the pesto veg, which is spinach, artichokes, sun-dried tomatoes, roasted garlic. So kind of some weird ones. Yeah, dude. They have a Thai, they have a Thai chicken one with Thai peanut sauce on it. That's interesting. I've never seen that before. So yeah. And I would say, I mean, great spot for late night. If you need somewhere, everything's closed. I think it's a good place. They have this spicy ranch that I think almost was better than their pizza. Yeah. So good. <laughs> it was like the highlight of my eating there. And what they do do, which is nice, is the pizza is out. It's cold when it's sitting there. And then when you order it, they throw it into the basically the pizza oven for like two or three minutes while you pay. And then they give you the pizza. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing about this place is all the pe- the pizzas that we were mentioning, that's what I were just talking about are the full pies, right? So it's an important distinction that when, when Swenum and I went, they have a select amount of pizzas that you can actually get by the slice when you go in there. Right. So you don't have to order a full 19 inch pie. You can get actual slices and the slices they're, they're all, it's, it's a lot more selective, right? So they always have cheese. They have a roasted pepper and basil, pepperoni, potato, bacon, and a vegan slice. And then they have one rotating slice of the day. So you don't know what the slice of the day is. Obviously, it'll be one of those pies. But they have their, their normal slices that they, they stick with every day. And so, you know, what Sweat was talking about is they, they have that out. And when you order the pizza, the slices are pretty good size. They run anywhere from, you know, a flat $3 to $3.68. So they're around 3 to 4 bucks. And they're pretty sizable. And they'll, they'll go ahead and just, they have them all laid out there where you can see them. They'll grab it, put it in the oven. So when they take it out, it's crispy, it's hot, it's, it's ready to eat really good. And so it was, uh, it's a cool spot, especially for all the, the, when you go out, you know, if you don't want to just take a whole pie because, you know, my drunk butt has definitely dropped a full pie before after going out. But, uh, you know, if just like you want to get a, a couple slices of pizza after a night of drinking, just drink that spicy ranch this is a uh, this is your spot it's it is fire and my bad the best part is you can go here late night drunk food get your pizza get all your you know your good fat and then you go down to voodoo donuts and get a shit ton of sugar and then just go sleep dude that's i mean that's like the trifecta that's like the the trinity the the holy trinity of going out it's like your drinks, <laughs> pizza and your donuts it's like <laughs> Or what you do is you mentally prepare, you drink, then you get pizza, then you get takeout donuts. So tomorrow morning when you wake up, you got a nice sugar rush right in the morning. Dude, I can't even remember to like drink water and take Advil before I go to bed. I don't, <laughs> I, that, I'm not, a, I don't have a very, I'm not a very forward thinking drinker. <laughs> it's very, very live in the moment for me. <laughs> Think of the other people. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. If you're more responsible than I am. So, all right. So, well, so what did you, what would you rate our uh, pie hole experience? You know, we, I would say we were not the selected audience for most people that go to pie hole due to, we were not out drunk at 2am. True. I think it's kind of focused around a lot of their businesses is focused around, you know, by the slice. So soberly, on a Friday night before I was going out pizza wise, that's what I'm going to rate it as. I would say it's probably a 7.6. There's nothing okay. to up about it, but it was solid. I mean, it's a, you're not going to complain about it. They're big pizzas. You don't have to buy two of them. The ranch was amazing, which honestly <laughs> increased by rating a couple points. Yeah. Um, 
So it's a, a good solid by the slice place. If I was going to order pizza for a full pizza, you know, I think I would go here. I think it's if I'm not going to go to like a, a quick, easy like Domino's or something like that, I want something that's more local. Yeah. I would go here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go 7 2. And I think it's, it, it's, you nailed it. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, this is not like, it, it, it's so let me let me just say this before I, I just word vomit we don't we haven't had their full pies our ratings like Swetnam said are that the scenario was we were completely dead sober at 8 p.m on a friday pre going to dinner at la loteria so that's all we have to rate it right so i i can't speak to getting the full pie if i would have i would have gotten there looks like they have a buffalo chicken pizza which looks fuego and, you know, I would maybe be able to give it a different rating. But for the slices, sober, I'm going 7-2. I think this place would be one of the first spots I would hit up if I was going down and going out in South Broadway and wanted a late night snack. This is going to be a spot. I would guess at this place after COVID and even, you know, before COVID, probably line out the, line out the building, probably just, you know, pop in at 2 a.m. Looked like a really solid spot. So drunk. Spangler would probably give it a much higher rating and I, I can't speak to the full pies because we, we didn't have the full pies, but the slice of pizza was delicious. It would have been with the ranch. I would have probably gotten five spicy, spicy ranches for like one slice. So I, I think it was a really solid spot. Yeah. Just dump it on. Literally. I drink it. So <laughs> I don't know. All right, what, so all right, dude. Well, so that's, that's pie hole. Where did we go this week? Yeah, so this week we were kind of during the tour of South Broadway in this past couple of weeks just because we went there on a that Friday and we tried a couple of different places and then I've gone there a few times since. So we're trying to kind of focus on that area a little bit, um, or at least it's what we're doing on this episode. <laughs> so I went to the Irish Rover Pub with a, with a couple of friends and it's right down, it's right, I think it's like two doors down from, from Pie Hole. So if you want to, you know, if you want to do tacos early, then go to Irish Rover, then go to Pie Hole. You can get all three of our topics from the last two weeks. Dude, that that's like yeah, that's like the perfect night. Just hit all of yeah. hit all of the spots. Yeah, so good. I mean, if you like traditional Irish pubs, this place is perfect. It's you know, it's the old like kind of like brick and timber space with the old wooden bar, a bunch of options of Irish whiskeys and normal whiskeys and. You know, they you can get a, a real Guinness that's poured and it's really just fully focused around an Irish pub. And then the cool part, I think, is that there's a rooftop to it. So it's an outdoor rooftop that you can go and sit and they have some good seating up there. They also do have a bar upstairs, so you don't have to go all the way downstairs. And they also have bathrooms up there. So it's not like something where every single time you need to get up and do something, you have to go down all the way down the stairs and go to the main floor. So just, you know, your traditional Irish pub. Uh, it seems like it's been there for a long time. It seems like it's going to be there for a lot long, longer. And if you want an Irish pub, go there. It's a good, it's a good option. Dude, that, this rooftop looks legit. I'm looking at pictures. And I, I've never been. This was one that Sweat went without me because he apparently has friends over me, which is messed up. But this, I mean, it looks – because, dude, like, for me – when we went like on for St. Hattie's day, we went to a place on Colfax and it was really nice, but it's definitely like your Irish pubs can be fairly divey. Uh -huh. And 
this is I would not classify this as divey at all. Like this is like it looks like a very classy, well done. I mean, it still has like your rustic like wood tables and wood bar and stuff, but that rooftop looks legit, like a very well done, brand new rooftop. Yeah. And I, I mean, it does say on here they do receptions and they do rehearsal dinners. And to be honest, I think it's a great spot for it because it's it's one of those places. It's a late night bar and it's an Irish pub, but it's also one that looks like they can class up quite a bit just by throwing some white tablecloths in and, you know, make it a little bit nicer. So it's cool. It's a cool place. I like it. Rating wise, I think, you know, I, I like Irish pubs because I love drinking Guinness. I think it's fun to drink a Guinness. And so... I think I'm going to go right back to the same score I gave Pyle and go 7-6. Nice. I believe that's what I gave Pyle. I, I just think it's a solid Irish pub in the in the pub world. It's a good spot. It's got a really cool rooftop, which adds a little bit of variety in comparison to most bars you go to in Denver. And, you know, who doesn't like elevated services? That's right. That's right. Yeah, so, dude, I'm, a, I'm, a sucker. I'm a sucker for a rooftop, let's be honest. For sure. Like, yeah. And while you're eating, while you're like drinking your Guinness, you can look down at all the people in line at Pie Hole that are probably drunk and doing something stupid. Yeah. Like you and me with like ranch down, dripping down our face <laughs> and like just exactly. Absolute, yeah. Animals just down there. Drinking spicy ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, okay. Well, yeah. You got to give it a shot. I mean, that's that you're right, dude. This is the, this is the South Broadway episode, which. I kind of like, like, I kind of like, like, because, you know, we've talked about, like, freaking I-70 for all, all day and night about things we've learned, right? And we've been hitting Lodo and Lo-Hi a lot. Like, give South Broadway a little love. Like, I like the, I like, we're trying, we're trying to move around. And you, you live in Lodo. I live in City Park area. Like, we're, we're moving out hey, of our, our habitat. So. I'm like Jefferson Park Highlands area, but you can call it Lodo. Sure. Okay, sure. Or yeah, I guess yeah, whatever. You know your your lines that you draw there, like get off my back. I you're in that area. I'm in that area, correct. So, so well, moving on to our main topic of the week, which is recycling. Woo! Uh, recycling. Super exciting topic. Let's go. Let's rage. <laughs> Obviously. We look at Denver as a very, you know, we're, we're more of a liberal state. We usually lean left, and the city's a little bit, it leans left. So, you know, you would expect Denver to be a big, intense recycling city, right? Oh, 100%. Everyone's outdoors, super outdoorsy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, contrary to that belief, Denver is very bad at recycling in comparison to other big cities. Could you say that Denver is trash at recycling? You could say we are trash. God, I'm on fire today. I'm on fire, sweat. And so the this was a report. It was a couple of years old, older, but there's been if you Google Denver recycling, basically every single news report is about how bad we are at recycling. Back in 2014, 2015 time period, Denver's recycling rate was only 18%. To give you an example. Washington, D.C. is like 26. Salt Lake City is 38. Seattle's 64%. And then Fresno, which I think is the number one recycling in, I don't know, in the country, is 71%. This is Fresno, California. So, so do you want to get even more depressed? You may, be, you may already know this. 
20, do you know 2019's recycling rate for Denver? 15.9%. Ouch. And the national average is 35% across the nation. So, which is, dude, I, I, and not to like, I know you're getting to all of this, but like, I, like that's just so surprising to me. Like, I, I don't, it, I would have never expected Denver to be like notoriously bad at recycling. It just, it, it goes against everything that I would have thought. So, it's yeah. Just- I mean, if you asked me which cities were the best recycling cities in the country, I'd probably go like Seattle. Austin, Texas, Denver, Colorado, and then like Washington, DC. Yeah. But so the interesting, some kind of background that we wanted to give is we're not going to really go that much into the detail on like why we suck at recycling. My main understanding is that it just comes down to a lot of businesses don't really follow like apartment buildings and business businesses don't really do as much recycling as they should and it's not as like regulated and in your face as it is in the household recycling that we do so like apartment buildings like a lot of people don't understand how to recycle or where to recycle or where to take it kind of things like that well it's what at the end of the day too dude right like this this is like you were saying at the beginning of the episode like this we had earth day last week and you know jokes aside and like you know wanting to make this episode enjoyable like we we hope the, the, the takeaway here is to inform you if you didn't know how bad we are now you do and to also like bring awareness to this like this is clearly a problem right and like there are things that not only you know and what we're going to talk about you know and I have a few points on this specifically is recycling just recycling doesn't mean you're actually recycling like there is a fake cycling or whatever they call it on these these articles or just because you put things in the bin doesn't mean it's being recycled so we, we want you to not only do more, we, the quantity needs to go up, but the quality needs to go up. And we'll talk a little bit about things of ways you can, you can be more quality, high quality recycling, not just throwing things in a bin and saying, I'm recycling, because not all that's making it in there, right? So I just wanted yeah. to preface with that. That's kind of the point of this episode is to bring awareness, make sure we're all doing our part as, you know, in, in whatever little capacity we can. And you know, it, we're, we're going downhill 2018, 20 or whatever. I can't remember what you said. 2016, 2014, was eight, yeah. 2014 was 18. It was 17.2 in 2018. And now it's 15.9% in 2019. Like we're going down. It's not, it's not, we're not going in the right direction. So like, let's figure this out. Right. So <laughs> I just wanted to preface with that. Cause it's like, you know, this is like, we need to, like, hey, something's got to give, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I need you to take a deep breath. I need to calm down a little bit. Yeah, dude. No hype. Like the hype, but we need you to calm down. All right. You got you ready for you gotta be able to explain it. I know my heart's racing. You know, (laughs) don't you know you say recycling, my heart starts racing. So (laughs) so I'll go through the little bit of the details. I'll give more of just a preface of what you see in your daily trash. So the when you drive down the street, you're gonna see typically different boxes or containers out front. There's a black box, that one is all for trash. You have a purple box that is all for recycling. And then Denver actually has something that I think is interesting. It's a green box, and that is meant for compost. For the cost of these things, your trash and your recycling is actually free to all Denver residents. The city spends about $25 million out of property and income tax to pay for it. And they pick up approximately 171,000 tons of trash 
and recycling based off of that. And then differently from the recycling trash being free, the cut to compost, actually you have to pay 29.25 per quarter. And that's for them just to pick up your compost. And so just to keep going a little bit further, recycling, they pick up every two weeks, trash is weekly and then compost is weekly. So that gives you a little bit of detail, kind of like when you drive down the street, what you're seeing. And I, I find it interesting that Denver actually does a composting. Obviously you have to pay for it and you can do your own comp composting in your backyard, but <clears throat> this is just an idea if you wanna make it a little bit easier, not have one of those like kind of compost things in your backyard. Um, just to give you an idea of what should go into each. So the purple, obviously typical recycling things with bottles, cans, boxes, papers, and plastics. Green is the compost. So it's fruit scraps, it's non-recyclable paper, yard debris, and just kind of various scraps. And then trash obviously is everything else. So yeah. That gives you just a little bit of a, a background on kind of the general details of Denver recycling and trash. Yeah. And then I want to talk a little bit too, because I didn't know the differences here. So I want to talk about the different systems because it's important, you know, around not only just the quality piece, but the, or the quantity piece, but the quality piece as well. Right. So the, we need increased quantity, but quality is just as important here because if you're if you're increasing quantity for lack of quality, it doesn't mean anything, right? So a little bit about the system that Denver has and how, why that's important. So for if you lived in Denver or you're a Denver native or you've lived here prior to 2005, Denver had what they call a multi-stream or dual stream recycling method. Now, essentially what that means is when you were recycling, you yourself split out your papers and your plastics and your glass and all that stuff, and you recycled it accordingly. Now, essentially, obviously, the, the work then kind of led, led into or was, was dependent on the person in the household's recycling. In 2005, Denver was realizing that, hey, that the quantity of people you know, recycling was going down. We need to fix this. So in 2005, they implemented a single stream system, which is what we have today. And essentially what that means is that you throw everything in a bin and then they sort it at the facility. And the hope is that if you don't, if you take the sorting and all that work out of the household, you will get a higher amount of people and a higher percentage of Denverites that will actually recycle than those that would otherwise, if they, you know, if they, that, that wouldn't otherwise do it if they had to sort it themselves. Now, that's a good thing. It has its pros and it has its cons. And the cons are what I want to talk about right now, because obviously the single stream is much more, it's, it's a much less burdensome on the, the recycle, the people that are recycling, the households that are recycling. However, it relies on systems in a systematic approach to sort trash, which can get us in trouble. Now, the reason for that is a lot of, there's different ways that they actually separate, whether it's sifting by size whether it's by weight, there are a handful of ways that when the, the, the recycling and all the materials get to the plant, that it's actually split in the system. But what a lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there and we wanna talk about really kind of two things. The first is, is aluminum cans. Now, oftentimes, if you're like me, I had no idea, crushing cans is a, you know, space efficient way to get a ton of cans into a bin 
to get them shipped to the plant. Problem is, is when that goes in into the, when it gets to the plant and it gets sifted out into, you know, separated, when it's crushed, systems don't recognize it like they should. So it, it can, there is risk that those crushed cans can go into like the paper stack and it can actually contaminate the entire paper stack. So when you crush a can, it, 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 it changes the weight or it may not change the weight, but it changes the size for sure. I need to work up on my science knowledge there, but it definitely changes the size. So if you're, if you have a system that's sifting based on size, clearly a crush can is going to register differently than a uncrushed can. So what we were reading is when you have these single stream systems like Denver does, do not crush your cans. It is, it's not a guarantee that it won't be picked up properly, but it really minimizes the risk of it getting sent to not like paper or some other place where not only are you not getting that can recycled because it's in the wrong spot, but you potentially contaminate a whole group of other things that were perfectly fine to be recyclable. So there is some risk there. And when you crush those cans, it, 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 could make it harder for systems to identify where that needs to go. So go this ahead. is a quick question. When you're talking about, just to clarify, when you're cr saying crush, you're meaning like you crush it down like the hockey puck kind of thing. Not Correct. just, well, not anyway, just like a dent. Really? Exactly. So. No, that's a great point. So a dent is fine. It's, it is a, let me just say there should be, if you drastically change the shape of the can to where mm -hmm. it can, it, it goes from its normal size to, you know, something unrecognizable, it, it's the system's not going to pick it up. There is Got a, it. I am sure there are, there are ranges for errors of size and dense and all that, but it's when a drastic change in shape occurs, it can, it can pressure, it can stress test that, that system to where it can end up getting into misassigned or put up in the wrong area. So that's a great point. So, cause obviously like when you throw, when you're throwing cans in with a bunch of other stuff and the weight of all that other stuff gets put on those cans, you're not going to have a perfectly crisp can, right? Like there's going to Correct. be stuff in them, but yeah. it's a hockey puck that you were mentioning. So the real drastic change in size that could cause problems. So first takeaway, don't crush those cans, leave them in their shape. Don't mess with it. Second is bottles. Now, I was reading online, I never really heard this, but a lot of people were saying that there's rumors around that it is easy or it's, it's more efficient and easier to take the caps off the bottles when you recycle. That is a myth. My understanding is it goes back to the same exact thing of weight and size is that when the cap is missing, there is, you know, it, it weighs different, that, that it's, a little, it's a little shorter. I, and I think what, one of the things that I heard was interesting is some ways that they actually sort bottles is they fill up water and empty bottles float. So when they wash all of this recycling and they dip, or they put all the water in there, the bottles will float and that's how they sort it. If the cap is missing, water fills up and those bottles sink. So it's, it's, there are various reasons. I don't know exactly what ways Denver specifically sorts this stuff out, but all the articles I was reading was saying separating the cap and the bottle is not a smart plan. And I think I read another thing that like of the top five things in the ocean that are causing pollution, bottle caps is like number three or four behind mm -hmm. like straws and stuff. So it's a common problem. And if you just keep the caps on the bottle, it makes it everyone's life easier. It makes classific classification and separation easier as well. So a couple of things that we thought were interesting. Again, it all has to stem around that single stream system and 
nine of the biggest 10 metropolitan areas in the United States all have single stream systems. So whether you're from Denver or you live here and move, or if you moved here like we did, chances are probably good that you actually had a single single stream at both places. So you're not having to change your habits. It's just more kind of informative and interesting. There's a lot more uh, quality issues that come with that single stream system. So. I like it. Yes, sir. So hopefully, you know, hopefully it's helpful. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I've being in Texas, being from Missouri, I mean, recycling was not that big of a deal. Not, my family never recycled growing up, you know, and I'll, 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 you know, admit it here first. But when I start getting older and started recycling, you know, it, it was the quantity was big for me. Right. And then now it's like, now it's, uh, there's a big push on quality too. Cause like I would throw in pizza boxes that help that, all that grease soaking in and all that stuff. Like can't recycle that because it's all nasty now, you know? So it's like different things. So that those are a couple of things, but again, guys, like, you know, it, the takeaway here is just trying to do little things to get it better. And if, you know, we definitely encourage you guys to look into it a little bit of like what you can and can't recycle. Cause we could fill up, you know, a four hour episode. You guys aren't listening to this for Earth Day specials. We're just more, you know, trying to inform you guys a little bit about Denver. And we thought it was really interesting that, you know, sadly, but it's interesting that Denver's, you know, notoriously bad at recycling. So hopefully yeah. you hear this and you, you know, you do a little research on your own, get more informed and, you know, we can help fix the problem one, one listener at a time here. So. Yeah. So stop crushing cans. Stop crushing cans, man. And I, I got to too. Cause I, I never even thought about it. I was just like, yeah, I just, you know, it's recycling, but it, uh, it helps to know it makes a lot more sense. And I guess it's like, that's why we spend a lot of time going through like the multi versus single, you know, stream system. It's like, we're not engineers and we don't care really about recycling and trash the details, but like there's a method behind everything and there's a reason for everything. So when you can understand the systems and the process, the, the things that people are telling you to do and not to do make a lot more sense. <laughs> so it's just kind of, kind of interesting stuff. So, yeah. well, episode 28, get out there, recycle, do it correctly. Don't crush cans and leave caps on your bottles. That's right. Are you here first? God, wait, look at us just saving the environment. Come on, man. We're just doing our part, sweat, little by yep. little. All right. So, all right, guys. Well, enjoy your week. Enjoy the nice weather, and we will uh, see you all next week. Peace. Love you guys.